This is Speaking of Writers on Capital Region Sunday. I'm Steve Richards. The City Game by best-selling author Matthew Goodman is the incredible underdog story of the 1949-1950 City College Beavers basketball team. Their unlikely rise to top and the subsequent fall from grace. In this gripping true-life account, Goodman uncovers the real story behind the greatest American sports scandal since the 1919 Black Sox. In 1950, the City College Beavers became the only basketball team in history to win both the NIT, and the NCAA tournaments in the same year. One year later, the team star players were arrested for conspiring with gamblers to shave points. Overnight, the players went from heroes to villains. But as Goodman shows, they were actually caught in a much larger web of corruption that stretched across major social institutions from City Hall to the police department, sports arenas, and even the universities themselves. It's a historical story of duplicity and cynicism that's all too relevant to big-money college sports Today, coming up on wow, the 70th anniversary of the 1949-50s team's uh, remarkable win and subsequent fall from grace. Matthew Goodman is the author of three previous books of nonfiction, 80 Days, Nellie Bly and Elizabeth Bisland's History, Making Race Around the World. The Sun and the Moon, the remarkable true account of hoaxers, showmen, dueling journalists, and lunar man bats in the 19th century New York. And Jewish Food, The World at Table. A New York Times bestseller. 80 Days has been translated into eight languages. Goodman's work has appeared in the American Scholar, Harvard Review, Salon, and many other publications. Makes his home in Brooklyn. And he joins me now here on Speaking of Writers. Matthew, welcome to this program. Oh, thank you so much. I'm delighted to be with you. So how did you discover this story? Right. Well, uh, my father... Uh, went to the uh, City College of New York in the mid-50s, just a few years after the events that are described here. And, and growing up as a kid, you know, I was a sports fan, and I, I had heard from him uh, a little bit about this team. I knew that, as you mentioned, they had won the double championship. They were the only team to, in history to do so, and that they had gotten involved in this scandal. But uh, I didn't know much about it. And when I was looking around for my next book and I sort of hit on the idea of maybe looking into this, uh, I began to do some research and found out that the story was far more extraordinary than I had even imagined. You know, this was a team, you know, we're talking about 1940, just two years after Jackie Robinson integrated Major League Baseball. The NBA had just been formed and there was not a single black player in the NBA. The mm -hmm. NBA itself had not integrated yet. The City College Beavers was a team comprised entirely of black and Jewish players. Every single member of the team was either black or Jewish. And in winning the uh, double championships, they had to beat a number of segregated uh, colleges to do so, including one, uh, University of Kentucky, where the players refused to shake their hands before the game. You know, with the double championships, they became heroes, as you mentioned, uh, from one end of the country to the other, and then uh, almost overnight uh, fell from grace when they were when the star players were arrested and and uh, and charged with conspiring with gamblers to shave points. But as I've discovered, the real story is far more complicated uh, and richer than the newspaper headlines would indicate. It's really a much larger story uh, of corruption and uh, ultimately of redemption. We're chatting with Matthew Goodman here on Speaking of Writers. His new book is The City Game, Triumph, Scandal, and a Legendary Basketball Team. 
Matthew, why was it the greatest American sports scandal since the 1919 Black Sox? Well, you know, at that time, college basketball was much more popular than the pro game. Uh, when City College would come into the old Madison Square Garden, that's where they played their games, the stands would be full every night, 18,000 screaming fans. Uh, the Knicks would come in, and they might get six or 7,000 fans. Uh, on a college basketball night uh, at the Garden, uh, if the Knicks were scheduled that night, they got, they got relegated downtown to the 69th Regiment's Armory downtown. The college game was a much bigger game. Um, but part of it, too, was that City College seems to, seemed to represent so much that was so good. Um, the team of, of African-American and Jewish players represented so much of what New York City seemed to want to think best of itself. You know, they represented racial harmony, civic virtue, the triumph of the outsider. Um, and so when the players were arrested, the fall, the fall was that much greater. Uh, and uh, caused uh, just tremendous sense of collective grief, certainly on the campus of City College. I've spoken to a number of the students who were there at that time. One of them said that the sense of collective grief was palpable there, that he wouldn't experience anything like it again until the assassination of President Kennedy. Mm. My guest is Matthew Goodman here on Speaking of Writers. His new book is The City Game, Triumph, Scandal, and a Legendary Basketball Team. Let's talk about some of the players and and or characters here uh nat holman who was nat holman nat holman was the head coach of city college uh a legendary basketball player in his own right uh many people considered him to be at the time the greatest basketball player uh who had ever lived uh he was uh, the star player of the original touring celtics basketball team um and uh, and and really just kind of a, a, a legendary coach. Uh, as it turned out, though, the players had, shall we say, complicated feelings about him. They felt much closer to the assistant coach, a guy by the name of Bobby Sand, uh, who was really the brains behind uh, behind the operation. What about Eddie Roman and Floyd Lane? Sure, they, Eddie Roman and Floyd Lane are are, are really two of the the main characters of the book. Um, one of them was black, one of them was Jewish. Uh, they both lived in the Bronx. They started uh, becoming friends when they played basketball together in high school. It was a friendship that would last for a lifetime uh, until Eddie's uh, tragic early death from leukemia at the age of 52 when Floyd delivered an incredibly moving eulogy uh, at his funeral when he told the mourners, uh, Eddie and I were brothers together. Um, it was uh, a friendship that started with a love of basketball and this, this triumph, and then ultimately it was a bond that was brought even closer together by hardship and suffering by their, their role in the scandal. They were both players who hadn't wanted to be involved in the point shaving and kind of got talked into it. Uh, resisted it for a long time, um, but they got caught up in something that was much larger than they even knew, um, and their lives were, if not ruined by the scandal, by these actions that they took when they were 18 or 19 years old, their lives were certainly shadowed by this uh, forever. Yeah, and Floyd Lane was banned from the NBA, right? 
They all were. All yeah. of these kids were banned for life from the NBA. Um, Floyd spent years trying to get back into the or trying to get into the NBA. He thought a couple of times he was going to have an opportunity. He was always ultimately denied. Um, he was really just a, an incredible person, um, and you know, a man, a man of tremendous dignity and honor who spent so many years trying to prove to the world that he was not the kind of person that they thought he was, that he was a good, decent person. He spent years and years working in community centers in the Bronx through the worst times of New York's history, the 60s and the 70s, working in the, the ghettos of the South Bronx with kids trying to get them off of drugs out of gangs, away from violence, getting them into college. He estimated that he got 400 kids um, into college. Ultimately, he once said to me that uh, he was able to see himself finally as fortunate, that um, the scandal had kept him from being in the NBA, but it had allowed him to touch the lives of so many uh, children uh, of New York City. Matthew, what was your research like for this book? Well, I was really privileged uh, to have been able to interview all of the surviving members of the team. Uh, some of them were initially reluctant to speak with me. You know, even 65 years after the events uh, at the time, um, some of these were hard memories that, that these guys didn't necessarily want to bring up, uh, you know, for themselves. But I, I ultimately won their confidence, and they did talk to me and uh, just told me incredible stories that, that hadn't been known before about what was really going on there. So I talked to all of the members of the team the, who were still alive, the guys who are no longer still alive. I spoke to their, their widows. I spoke to their kids. I spoke to their friends, their neighbors. Ultimately, I spoke to about 150 people, um, players, coaches, reporters, students, fans, trying to be able to portray this story in all its fullness and, and complexity. And what would you like readers to uh, take away from the city game? Well, uh, you know, the kind of history that I write is, is called narrative history. It's history. It's all true. Every bit of it is true. Uh, but it's told in kind of a novelistic style. Uh, you know, you turn to any particular page of the book, you might not necessarily know, is this history or is this a novel? Uh, I want people not just to know what happened, but also to feel what had happened, to feel what it was like to be in the old Madison Square Garden in the, the minutes before a game in the darkness of the garden when it seemed like there were hundreds of fireflies all around, the burning tips of cigarettes, to feel what it was like to be in the well-appointed back rooms where the political deals got made, to, to go up to the hotels of the Borscht Belt and the Catskills. Uh, your listeners will know about that. Mm. Um, you know, where, where, where these kids were hired uh, to play basketball in the summers, and they were mingling freely with gangsters and, and gamblers. Uh, so what I've, what I've really tried to do is to bring the story alive and really to bring that world alive of New York City um, of the mid, in the mid-1950s and all of its glamour and grit and excitement. Matthew Goodman, the book is The City Game, Triumph, Scandal, and a Legendary Basketball Team. Matthew, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. And you can connect online 
with uh, Matthew Goodman. Uh, he's got a website, MatthewGoodmanBooks.com, uh, Twitter, MGoodmanBooks. Again, the book is A City Game, Triumph, Scandal, and a Legendary Basketball Team. And that is Speaking of Writers and Capital Region Sunday for this week. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again next week with another edition. I'm Steve Richards.